All right, everyone, welcome into the Important Nonsense Podcast. I'm your host, Jack Kavanaugh, here today with Mr. Steve Bonham. Steve, how's it going? Ready for the championship? Coming to you live from the Joe Mixon hype train. (laughs) Good to be here. Good to be here. As always, good to be here. Good to have Joe Mixon back in our lives, our fantasy football lives. Isn't it great? Everybody loves it, right? Everybody's so excited, right, Jason? Right? Everybody? Hey, I actually like him this week, so it's fine. All right. As long as he stays healthy, that's the issue. Okay, you'll be on the chili on spaghetti bandwagon. All right. This this week only. I'll I'll go with it this week only. He's been turning the right way, so I'll trust him, I guess. And clearly we are joined, uh, as always, by Mr. Jason, that FF nerd, Draven. Jason, how are you today, other than actually in on Joe, Joe Mixon for once? Doing pretty well, just trying to stay out of trouble and get all these questions answered as we can. Is it really possible to stay out of trouble when you're heading into the fantasy finals, though? I feel like that's just a recipe for disaster always, or at least you have to prepare for it. Yeah, I mean, everybody was so hyped up. Oh, got to have Madison as my handcuff. Well, let's see how well that worked out this week, huh? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) 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 To be fair, he's not wrong. I mean, <laughs> no, no word of a lie there. Uh, so with that, we'll get right into it. Uh, reminder that there is football on Sunday, so or on Saturday as well as Sunday. So do remember to set your lineups. And with that, we'll dive into the news. Uh, at quarterback, we have Daniel Jones starting. He is going to be back in the lineup uh, following Eli Manning, uh, filling in a couple games for him. He's been dealing with that ankle injury. Uh, Steve, do you upgrade the Giants quarterback situation or the skill players based on Jones being back in the lineup or does anything change for you? Uh, no, it's, it's still the same. The only difference would have been if Eli wasn't also heavily targeting Darius Slayton and that was not the case. So no, still all the same guys. Well, I think it actually ends up hurting, uh, Barkley here because Eli likes to target him more and he seems to be more effective when Eli's targeting Clearly, as you saw last week, as he destroyed well, fancy lives. <laughs> what what happened last week is that Saquon Barkley was playing the Dolphins. So well, you see what had happened was. Yeah, I mean that was. It didn't matter who was at quarterback in that game; he was going to go off. So it, it was inevitable. This week, hmm, I'm a little more concerned about it. But yes, you're you're right. The checkdowns aren't generally there like they are with Eli. So. In that case, uh, yes. He's also more likely to run it. <laughs> Eli's just going to stay in there and trying to do check down as correct Jones, yeah. who's going to toss it or run it himself. So Daniel Jones, uh, everyone stays the same with him, except for Saquon. We're bumping him down just a little bit, but that's also partially due to the matchup because you can't play the Miami Dolphins every week. Let's be real. If only we could, we'd all be fantasy champions. And then you'd be Joe Mixon. Woo, he's back. <laughs> Thankfully, he gets a victory lap. Uh, moving on, Jared Goff. Uh, he's been removed from the injury report with his thumb injury. As well, Dak Prescott. He had been dealing with a shoulder and finger injury. He's been limited all week, but he has been removed from the injury report. Oh, So I don't believe that he's healthy, but he's going to be starting. Steve, are you starting Dak now that he's going to be starting against the Eagles secondary? We talked about this on Wednesday. Uh, yes. I still have him as a top five play. Uh, Neil has him at number seven, and the only reason he's as low as seven is because of the injury. 
They're playing for their lives. This is their Super Bowl. Their entire season comes down to this week. They have to have this game. And against that secondary, they're just going to be hucking it around the field. And does the fact that this game matters so much to the Cowboys scare you? Do you think that the Cowboys are going to choke like they always seem to do? I actually think that they're going to hopefully focus on running the ball. So it still brings Dak down a little bit just because they seem to have success with it last week. And I'm hoping that will continue on as they use Zeke more and take a little bit of pressure off of Dak and hopefully allow him to heal a little better because, man, it being a shoulder issue makes me really nervous about it. That's something that is difficult to throw. The thing that I think will carry over here um, that that we kind of talked to get uh, again talked about before is the fact that I'm nervous if I'm an owner of the wide receivers less than I am as an owner of Dak. Dak's going to get his. He's going to have the checkdowns to Witten and to Elliott. He's still going to move. He's still going to run himself uh, and could you know run in from the goal line or, or you know get that QB sneak here and there. The the thing that you'd be worried about is Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup. Though, if I'm an owner of one of those guys, that's where I'm nervous. And see, I am a little bit nervous about that. But at the same time, it's it's Amari Cooper and it's Michael Gallup. They're just so talented that even me being worried about them doesn't really knock them down too much for me. Right. And the se- like you said, the secondary is so bad. So Exactly. Uh, speaking of a, t- facing a terrible secondary, Jameis Winston torched the Detroit Lions last week. Uh, he's dealing with that uh, thumb injury that he had last week. Oh, also I thought dealing- you were going to take a shot at my team real quick there. Okay, good. Whew. Oh, no, no. They're, they're not a terrible secondary. They're adequate. Yeah, they're like 30th now. <laughs> Thanks, Vernon Hargraves. Uh, so uh, what do you think about this, Steve? They have been, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers know Vernon Hargraves. They've seen him in practice for years now. Do you think they're going to pick on him, or do you think they're going to avoid him? Um, at the same time, I feel like Vernon Hargraves really knows that offensive playbook. So... It could go both ways. All right, so maybe we can pencil in one Jameis interception and probably two Jameis touchdowns targeting Vernon okay, Hargraves. That sound fair? Okay, yeah, okay. Specifically to Hargraves? All right, that's fine. Yep. Uh, yeah, there, there'll be more throughout the game. So the other stuff will be going on all I mean, it's, it's Jameis. You can pencil in three interceptions and feel comfortable about it. This is true, especially with he's going to be dealing with some new playmakers, but we'll get to that later. Uh, back in the lineup, Gerald Everett has been battling a knee injury. He will be active against the 49ers. Steve's not happy about that. Jason, are you playing either Gerald Everett or Tyler Higby, or are you avoiding both, knowing that they're both going to be active? Yeah, I'm not touching that. I'm I'm too worried about it being split, and even then I can see them sprinkling in Everett and trying to focus on him more, even though Higby has clearly been superior so far with the catches that he's had and the yardage that he's had. It's I, I wish it, Everett would remain out, but if you have him, I'd definitely pivot to somebody else. Steve, sounds like you agree with that with your uh, chorus of boos that you chimed in there. Oh, no, I'm booing Gerald Everett uh, not just because I, I don't want him to be back. This feels this feels like Indy all over again, where you've, you have Ebron and Doyle, and everybody oh, gets no. caught in with the flashiness with the Gerald Everett, but the consistent guy is Tyler Higby. And obviously over the last couple weeks here, Higby's been the man. He's been a top five tight end option. He's led the Rams in red zone targets with eight. In fact, targets in general and yardage, only Robert Woods has had more over the last three weeks. 
And even when Everett was in there, uh, Tyler Higby had nine red zone targets to Everett's 13. Cooper Cup actually had 19. So for the beginning of the year, when Higby wasn't doing that much and Everett was kind of quote-unquote the guy at tight end, all of the red zone targets were going to Cooper Cup. And now Cooper Cup's production has gone down in the red zone the last few weeks, and that's all been going to Tyler Higby recently. So I feel like that trend continues. When you're at tight end, it's all about who's going to get in the end zone. And the favored guy in the red zone at this point, at least in recent history, has been Tyler Higby. So that's the guy I'm rolling with. I am, uh, I'm not playing Gerald Everett, but I will for sure still be starting Tyler Higby, given the option. That was a passionate take. Round of applause for Steve there. Oh, thank you. I'll give it to myself. That's fine. That was I got great. a bruise from patting myself on the back so aggressively there. But yes. We'll see. And what now that I've said all that, Gerald Everett, tight end one this week. Also hurting himself, getting that AC joint a workout. As he's doing exactly. <laughs> uh, moving on, we do have Greg Olson coming back from his concussion. He's a full participant. Uh, or I'm not going back to him personally. I'm not really big on Greg Olson this entire year. He hasn't scored since Kyle Allen's first game. And since then, he's only topped 60 yards once. Now he's got a new QB in Will Greer. I'm out on Greg Olson. I'm also out on Vance McDonald. He's returning from a concussion as well. Are either of you two in on Olson or McDonald, or can we just skip right past those guys? Oh, no, I'm on Olson for sure, just because it yep. is a young quarterback. And you said it yourself, you know, Allen's first game, he threw to Olson. This is going to be Greer's first game. He will also throw to Olson and CMC, and that would probably be a majority of it. I would not be surprised if he actually actually gets it to Samuel some more when he's trying to spread it a little more. But I just I don't see more having a good week this week, and that's unfortunate for a lot of people. I agree yeah. being out on Vance McDonald, uh, but I am with the nerd on this one with Greg Olson. I've got him at number ten this week. It's uh, a rookie QB's favorite people are the check down to the running back and the check down to the tight end. Don't make big plays. Don't make big mistakes. That's what you're trying to do when you're first starting out. And the the tight end and the check down running back are your best friend. So I'm absolutely all over Greg Olson. Yeah, especially when that running back is CMC. You know, that that helps a little bit. I do agree with that, but I do also think that CMC is going to steal a lot of those dump-off passes. And at the same time, Will Greer is going to bring a new level of uh, downfield efficiency that just hasn't been there for the Panthers all season. Uh, Will Greer, last year in college, led the nation in touchdowns on 20-yard passes. And so far this year, the Panthers haven't been able to hit anything. So I think that raises the value of Curtis Samuel. I think DJ Moore kind of stays the same. And I just think Greg Olson's going to be boomer bust touchdown dependent. And I think that uh, Christian McCaffrey is going to have more of those checkdowns. Like like I just said about the whole, the Everett Higby situation, that's tight end. Uh, Unless you have Zach Ertz, George Kittle, or Travis Kelsey, who's going to score me a touchdown? That's, that's tight end this year. That's tight end most years, but, but yeah. Whoever's playing Arizona. Yeah. They're playing Arizona. It's good matchup. It's, no, they are not playing Arizona. Whoever is playing Arizona. Yeah, they're playing Indy. It's a good matchup. It's, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm sticking, with, sticking with old man Greg. Uh, fair enough. Uh, up in the air, Noah Fant is questionable with his shoulder injury. He is tentatively expected to play, but as Steve said last week, he is just so banged up that it's really hard to trust him. It's hard to know when he's going to fall apart. He left the game at one point last week. 
not really someone that I'm trusting anymore. Steve kind of talked me off that ledge. Uh, also expect to be without Rhett Ellison. He's in the concussion protocol still. And Kyle Allen is, has been benched for Will Greer, as we discuss. With that, we'll move on to quarterbacks. Some players to look at. Jason, who is your favorite quarterback streamer of the week? Oh, man, that's a tough one. I've Honestly, it's probably going to be, I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's just, I don't understand why he's still not owned. I'm assuming just because he lost Parker last week, a lot of people lost faith in him. But I think with Parker being back, he should be good to go. And against Cincinnati, I'm not too worried about it. You know those YOLO balls are going to be chucked by Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> He's going to be trying to make plays down the field. And when it's against Cincinnati and they don't have anyone covering there, it does make sense. Steve, are you in on the Fitzmagic bandwagon again? Uh, no. I'm not, I mean, I haven't been on the Fitzmagic bandwagon, so I, don't, I wouldn't say again. Um, I, I mean... Fitzpatrick is a decent streamer, I guess, in a deep league if you're desperate, but I'd have to be pretty desperate. Pretty, pretty desperate. I've got him at 19 this week, so. So would you rather go with Andy Dalton on the other side of the ball? Um, I would, actually. I would. The, the problem has been that Fitzpatrick, a lot of his production recently hasn't been from throwing the ball. It's been from the rushing, surprisingly which you definitely wouldn't expect from Ryan Fitzpatrick. But I'm, yeah, I, I'm, I'm out on it right now. And the last four weeks, by the way, uh, against Cincinnati, QB's 19th in fantasy scoring. So it's, it's not as ideal of a matchup as you would think. And it's just, it's too, too volatile for me to rely on in a championship game. Yeah, I guess on that same kind of a note, there's also allegedly supposed to be some weather issues there too. So, Speaking of volatility, I honestly would probably rather hitch my wagon to the Mitchell, Mitchell Trubisky volatility bandwagon. Because Steve, as you said, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he surprisingly, he's the Dolphins' leading rusher on the season. Weirdest stat of the yep. year. But yeah, that's not sustainable. That's not something that's going to keep happening. Mitchell Trubisky, I actually do expect his rushing uh, upside to be sustainable. They're going to be playing the Chiefs. It's probably going to be a shootout. So he's probably my streamer one of this week. Uh, I mean, you want to talk about weird stats. Kenyon Drake hasn't played for that team for half the season. He still leads them in fantasy points. Now that's that's a weird stat right there. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, what a, uh, but what a I, team. I, look, I hate to shoot you down here, Jack, but I am out on Mitchell Trubitsky as well. Uh, Kansas City is a horrendous QB matchup. So... Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah, especially I'm, I'm, more recently. I, I'm I, out I on Trubisky. They, the, the defense has been playing really well. Trubisky still looks lost out there. Uh, he's actually he's he's had some decent games the last couple of weeks, and he outperformed what I expected last week in a tough matchup against Green Bay. But, I mean, I, yeah, teams against Kansas City have struggled recently. The secondary is playing better. I'm not saying it's going to be great, but I've seen Mitchell Trubisky play way too many times for me to expect I can count on him at any point. Yeah, that is very true. And see, I'm just kind of uh, hitching my wagon to he. It's the volatility spectrum. Spectrum. He's going to be one extreme or the other, and I'm just hoping that I can get another week of the uh, positive extreme out of him this week. 
Yeah, um, I mean, of the guys on here, I, I'm we have Jared Goff as well. I'm also out on that. I'm not a big fan of that play. Not a chance on. Um, but Goff I'm I'm higher on Dalton as I mentioned. I've got him 14th against Miami. He's played well since retaking that starting job, and Miami's secondary is terrible. Look at what Eli was able to do against them last week. And then you've got uh, Gardner Minshew, who hasn't been great, but he's playing Miami or he's playing Atlanta in the dome. So. Uh, it's a good matchup for him. I'm I'm higher on those two guys than anybody else we mentioned. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, moving on to tight ends, a player that I'm very high on this week, as Jason pointed out. Tight ends do very well against Arizona, and Jacob Hollister is a tight end, and Jacob Hollister is facing Arizona. I'm firing him up this week. He's my number one tight end streamer. Jason, do you have any objection to that, or are you starting someone else? Oh, no, I keep telling people why. Well, play Hollister, especially with the Higby news. I've been moving Hollister further and further up. I'm sure, Steve, uh, you're probably not as, as interested in O.J. Howard or Cameron Braid against your Houston Texans, are you? Uh, I have them right next to each other in my rankings at 18 and 19. So there you go. Not the top option. Who's your favorite streamer of the week? Are you with us on Jacob Hollister? Uh, yeah, I've got Hollister at 13. So that would be the guy. And then I actually have Mike Gusecki at 17 right there in line with the Bucks. So there you go. I like it. Mike Gusecki, athletic linebacker facing unathletic, or sorry, athletic tight end. No, you're right. No, no, no. Linebacker. You got, you're good. You're right. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, Bengals linebackers are absolutely terrible. Moving on, we're going to be covering running backs now. Keep in mind, Joe Mixon, he has be, he's had a one-day stint on the injury report with a calf injury. He has been removed from that, so it looks like all systems are go for Joe Mixon. Derrick Henry, same thing. Hamstring injury has been bothering him lately. He's definitely not at 100%, but he has been removed from the injury report, so continue to fire him up as always. It's not like you're benching Derrick Henry at this point. Uh, Deion Lewis removed from the injury report with an ankle injury. Uh, the Detroit Lions backfield. Does anyone understand what's going on there? Steve, do you know what's happening in the Lions backfield? You want to explain it? Uh, Yeah, they're trying to bring Carrion Johnson back for no reason. That's what they're doing. So, Okay, so it doesn't make sense, and we don't know who's going to get the ball, and it doesn't make sense. Exactly. Perfect. Start well, none of be them. Like That's all what you the do. other backfields, right? Like Kansas City and all of them that kind of just split, and you're hoping that you have the right person that finds yeah. the end zone. Speaking of Kansas City, Damian Williams, he has been removed from the injury report with a rib injury, so that makes us have no idea what's going on with the running back position there. Could it be LaShawn McCoy? Could it be Damian? Could it be Darwin? Could it be Spencer Ware? I don't know. Uh, with the Detroit Lions carry on Johnson, he is questionable to return from that knee injury that uh, put him on IR earlier in the year. And Bo Scarborough, he sounds like he's going to be a game-time decision with that rib injury. So who knows what's going to happen in either of those backfields. Fade both of them completely. Uh, another backfield that they don't want us to know what's happening, but I think it's pretty obvious. Dalvin Cook, he has not practiced this week with his shoulder injury. I, doesn't look like he's going to play. Adam Schefter's been reporting all week that he's going to be out. Alexander Madison hasn't practiced in two weeks with an ankle injury. I think it's a high ankle sprain. There's no way that it's he's going to just all of a sudden be back in the lineup after two weeks of not practicing. He's not suddenly going to magically heal. Uh, Josh Jacobs has been ruled out with a shoulder injury. And Jordan Howard continues to be questionable. He hasn't been cleared for contact. So that leaves us with Miles Sanders and Boston Scott in the Philadelphia backfield. With all those in mind, Steve, who is your favorite running back to pick up off waivers this week? Um, see, that's always a tough question because I don't know like who would be wi widely available. 
uh, on your waivers. Uh, I would have to see. Like, I, I see the players to look at here. Jason, I, this is kind of your forte here. Do you want to go through these guys? Yeah, I mean, like you said, with the Minnesota backfield being open, uh, Mike Boone's definitely the option there. I am a little nervous because they do have other players that are better at pass catching and better at blocking. So I am a little nervous if there is a chance that he misses a block or something and getting pulled. But last week he seemed to be the one that they leaned on and he did very well clearly as he torched a lot of cook owners who are just sitting there in frustration. Sorry, can can you tell that was me? You sound a little bit. Uh, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. But then but- Jacobs being out, you have DeAndre Washington is another great option. I mean, last time it was a 60-40 split and he was even catching passes, which was great. I was definitely surprised by that. Um, after that, I mean, I'm kind of thinking that uh, the Baltimore Ravens are going to end up probably sitting a lot of their start- starters after a half or after they get up. And then Gus Edwards is going to probably have the same amount of carries as Ingram would have. So I'd really like him as well. And it, he definitely will be widely available. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I mean. I don't know. I've been out on the uh, DeAndre Washington. We talked about that on Wednesday, so I won't harp on that a lot. Boston Scott's an interesting one. Um, the thing for me about Mike Boone, I, I'm going to adjust my rankings here because I have them currently as if Cook will play. Boone, I will have higher than I do now, obviously. Probably I'll have him around that Ronald Jones area of like 28, though. Uh, I'm not a big guy on Mike Boone simply because last week, yes, he did have the big production, but it's because it was him and it was Dalvin Cook that were the active guys. So if you're telling me both Madison and Cook are going to be out and inactive, that means perpetual healthy scratch, Amir Abdullah, is probably also going to be active and they will more than likely split the workload. I find it hard to believe Mike Boone will be their workhorse. So... Again, I'm. we're talking week 16 here. I am in a championship situation. My season comes down to this. There is no way I'm relying on Mike Boone to bring it home for me. So here's the thing. Uh, Amir Abdullah was actually active last week. He did get five touches, but four of them came after Mike Boone had already scored his second touchdown of the day. So I'm not worried about Amir Abdullah at all. He's just kind of the... Help the backup. He's not going to, I don't think he's going to have too much of an impact on the game. He's still their kick returner. I am all in on Mike Boone. Mike Boone to the absolute moon. I think he's a workhorse there. I am excited for what Mike Boone can do. DeAndre Washington, I am also excited about. Less so because Jalen Richard still is guaranteed to keep his little role in there. But DeAndre Washington does step into the Josh Jacobs role, and I think he's going to be uh, get things going there. Uh, moving on to wide receiver, unless we have anything else to add on the running backs. No, we're good. Um, yeah, we're fine there. Uh, the I, only thing, I guess, with the Minnesota is they also have CJ Ham, who's a little bit of a worry as well. But I, again, I'm not worried I'm not, about the fullback. Just adding it in, letting people know that that might be an issue as well. Nick Boone to the moon. All right, with wide receiver, keep in mind that Adam Thielen has been removed from the injury report. Uh, DJ Chark is was is questionable to play, but he is expected to play with his ankle injury. He's going to be making his long-awaited return after missing last week. Julian Edelman is questionable, but expected to play. He's dealing with knee and shoulder injuries. He looks really banged up right now. 
Uh, Steve, what are your thoughts on Julian Edelman? Can you trust him this week? I have to. I mean, when he plays, he's the guy. They they don't really have many other options. So he's been questionable literally every week this season. And, and to this point, there's only been, what, I think three games where he's been a disappointment. So if if you got through last week and survived until now, I think you'll be all right starting Julian Edelman again. The only Very problem is that they, they, they play the Bills. So that, that makes me a little more nervous for Edelman. I, I have him pretty low in like my rankings as, for that reason. Just against the Bills. He did produce the last time he faced the Bills, but yeah, I have knocked him down quite a bit. That knee is uh, starting to bug me on his status going forward. It really looks like he's hiding something. Uh, Hunter Renfro has been removed from the injury report. Uh, he's going to be returning from his rib injury. Will Fuller is questionable, but sounds like he's going to be playing through his hamstring injury. Neil, thoughts on Will Fuller against that Tampa Bay secondary? Wow, you're going to throw it to not, Neil when he's not, not here? Neil, wow. 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 All right, well, I? let's wait. Maybe he'll call in. Uh, let's see. Is Hold on. Let's pause for Neil. Hold on. All right, he's not going to make it. Okay, so what was the question? For me, this is that, the question. That was, that was for you, Steve. Sorry about okay. that. Will right, Fuller, so- your favorite uh, team against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers secondary. Thoughts? Uh, yeah, Will Fuller is, is the home run guy. And against Tampa's secondary, uh, I mean, if you were ever going to hit a home run, this this would be the time. So, yeah, I've got him at 22. I'm the highest of all of our rankers. Uh, if you got Will Fuller, you're starting him. You cannot bench Will Fuller when he is in the lineup because then he's a, he can put up 40 points. We've seen that. The only argument I have made for – because Hopkins you play every week, obviously. But when you're talking about the Texans, it's do I play Will Fuller or Kenny Stills? And all season I've been saying it's Kenny Stills if Fuller isn't playing and it's Fuller if he is playing. And last week they both went off, so – I, I'm i still not trusting Kenny Stills this week, but it, it just it didn't feed into the normal narrative. And against Tampa, I, I don't see how that changes. It's, it's, Will Fuller is just so explosive. He can just take the top off of any secondary, especially that Tampa Bay secondary. Uh, DeAndre Hawkins, he is battling the flu, but he did return to practice on Thursday. Doesn't seem like there's much to worry about with him. It's DeAndre Hopkins. Even if you were worried, you're playing him anyways. Juju Smith-Schuster, he has been removed from the injury report with his knee injury. Jason, you got to the if you got to the fantasy finals, you didn't do it on the back of Juju Smith-Schuster. Can you go back to him or go back to that early season well? I mean, I think this week is probably going to be a good week to do that. But uh, for that team, the only person I really want to start is Connor, just because I think that they will focus on leaning on him and hopefully reduce the amount of error that uh, Duck will have. So. No faith in Ducky Hodges from Jason. That is disappointing to hear. Uh, Also disappointing, Corey Davis has been removed from the injury report. He is clearly not the number one receiver in Tampa Bay or in Tennessee anymore. Really not worried about him. Up in the air, Christian Kirk. uh, He is now a game time decision with that ankle that has been bothering him all year. It's really limited his effectiveness. That we'll wait and see what happens there, but that's kind of scary. Uh, Robbie Anderson is expected to return. He's been battling the flu all week as well. It's flu season. Just it's, it hits NFL players too. Just can't, uh, can't prepare for it. Unfortunately. Yeah, did they uh, not get the shots like the rest of us? Uh, I don't know. I'm not getting into that debate. 
Uh, Curtis Samuel, he has a new in, new injury. He's dealing with a knee issue, and he did not practice today. So if Curtis Samuel is out, that is pretty scary for the Panthers. And, yeah, you know what? Maybe we do go back to the Greg Olson well. Maybe I start to pivot back to them and find the sense that you guys were trying to talk into me earlier. And finally, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, he's limited with a foot injury. He is expected to play, and he's probably going to play about 90% of the snaps and get about two targets once again because that's what the Eagles have been doing this year. Expect to be without Nelson Aguilar. It sounds like he might be done for the year. Taylor Gabriel is out with a concussion still. Adam Humphreys out with his ankle injury. And Demarius Thomas battling knee and hamstring injuries are doubtful. So with all of that in mind, Jason, who is your favorite player uh, to pick up this week for wide receiver? Man, uh, you're, a lot of people will probably call me crazy, but I really like Danny Amendola this week. I, I feel like he is going to be... Harris will be on Galladay, and so Amendola should have that short area with a lot of targets. He's been being very successful and has quietly had great weeks for like the past three or four weeks, even more so since Jones has been out. Interesting. But that is true. Uh, Danny Amendola, the last three games since David Blau came in, he's had minimum eight targets a week. Uh, he had a season high of 13 last week. So I don't actually disagree with you on that Danny Amendola call, as weird as it sounds. Kenny Galladay also getting the Chris Harris treatment. So I, I really do see what you're saying. Uh, Steve, do you have any debate there with Danny Amendola, or do you, are we crazy? And can you talk some sense into us? Um, I mean, you're a little crazy, and I don't think there's any talking sense into you, but that's fine. Um, yeah, the, he he's at this point he's the number two with Marvin Jones out. So uh, he is definitely going to get volume, but teams have struggled getting the ball down the field against Denver. uh, Unless you're Kansas city who kind of just, you know, get the ball down the field against everybody. Um, I'd rather have Rashad Perryman if he's somehow still available, but the guy I'm highest on really is Anthony Miller. Uh, You know, since Trubisky has had his, you know, little mid season, like turnaround, Anthony Miller has been dominating the targets for Chicago. And while I don't think that Trubisky is going to end up having a decent week, I think Anthony Miller could actually end up having, you know, one of the the better weeks uh, this week. He's been on fire of late since week 10. Anthony Miller in PPR scoring has been wide receiver 14. So I would absolutely be interested in streaming that in a, uh, a flex type situation. The thing that hurts me most about Anthony Miller is I am absolutely in love with Allen Robinson and his potential. So I own him everywhere, and it's kind of hard to play both him and Anthony Miller at the same time. So I have Anthony Miller on a lot of benches, but I haven't been able to play him for that reason. Really so like Anthony Miller. It's it's really interesting that you bring that up because Anthony Miller, as I just mentioned, since week 10 has been wide receiver 14. In that same time period, Allen Robinson's been wide receiver 4. So the both of them have actually been going off at the exact same time. And yet Mitchell Trubisky, still Terabad. Science, well, people. Can you, Science. can you play them both this week? Uh, against thing. Kansas City? Yes. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I mean, you said Trubisky's going to potentially, well, potentially have a bad week, so I'm curious, can you play both wide receivers this week considering their pass and the matchup? Well, see, you could... I mean, I have him ranked like you could, I guess. I have Anthony Miller at 30. So, and obviously I have uh, Allen Robinson higher than that. I have him at 9. I have him as top 10 play. 
because again, they're going to get the volume when it when we're in PPR. It's not about the yardage. We're talking about how many catches can you reel in? Can you find your way into the end zone? So having the volume is king. That's why you can have a terrible matchup as a wide receiver and still have a really productive day. Because if I only get 40 yards and do nothing with it, it's a fantastic day still if I get 10 catches. And that's the type of situation we're looking at here, where if one of them gets into the end zone, it becomes a top 10, top 15 performance. Whereas for Trubitsky, he really has to not turn the ball over, and he has to try to make things happen with his legs, which is a lot of his production during this turnaround. So... If he can continue to run like crazy, then maybe Trubisky can have a decent week. But yeah, if, if you're just talking about passing the ball, I'm not. I'm not buying it. Yeah, a very compelling pl- case there for Anthony Miller. Uh, just wanted to touch on Brashad Perriman. So he only had a 16.2% target share last week when he broke my heart and absolutely destroyed my feelings. Uh, took away all of my best friend Justin Watson's targets. It's fine. I'm not bitter. Uh, but the thing was, Perriman had a, such a little target share. But he showed us what he can do on that target share. And now with Scotty Miller out, with Mike Evans out, and with uh, Chris Godwin out, they have to throw the ball to someone. I think he's going to have to get more targets. I also do think Justin Watson's going to get more targets. Just have to throw that in there because he's my best friend. Uh, it's going to be you really have, interesting. You may have been a week early on that. but that, Yeah, that's what it, I was about to say. Could, <laughs> it could, it could, could <laughs> cash this week. Yeah, I think it's, it's going to be slot. really interesting. So I think he takes that Godwin role and is going to absolutely do just fantastic this week. As Perman will likely cover, get the wide receiver one coverage, if there that's, is such a thing right now. That's basically what I'm thinking too, which kind of excites me. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see. They might run some more tight double tight end sets. Uh, they might have to because after those after those two and the tight ends, they've got Daria Guma. Agumba Wale, those are the only players who've run over 100 routes. Justin Watson hasn't even hit 100 routes on the season. So it's a really different-looking Tampa Bay Buccaneers passing offense. Fantasy season is in full swing, but you can get covered with roto Assurance for your DFS team. All you have to do is draft your team on any DFS platform out there, then head over to rotoassurance.com and fill out the daily fantasy insurance form. All they need is some basic information like your name, email, how much the contest entry fee is, and the player that you want to insure. When you're doing that, you can enter promo code NONSENSE, that's N-O-N-S-E-N-S-E, to get 20% off of your coverage. If your insured player gets injured in the first half and does not return for the second half of the game due to that injury, then you're covered. You get your full entry fee back to that DFS contest. So what do you have to lose? Head on over to rotoassurance.com, use promo code NONSENSE to save 20% on your plan, and remember that injuries can happen at any time, so sign up today. Trust me. Trust? I'm asking you to trust me. Or busts. You make any kind of mistake and boom! Players to start. That a fish you can trust or what? Trust your instincts. Players that should sit. Go ahead and take a seat. Take a seat right over there. Stop trying to make fetch happen. Helping you set your lineup. Don't make the same mistake I made. To win your week. Gotcha. Can't win, don't try. On the Important Nonsense Podcast. And remember, don't trust anyone over 30!
was the perfect drop uh, to bring us into our first question because can you trust anyone over 30? DJ Moore, he's only 23. Can you trust him with a QB switch? Steve? Uh, yeah, we talked about this on Monday, look, DJ, or uh, on Wednesday, that DJ Moore has been so dominant lately. He's been a top six wide receiver over the past few weeks. And even if he has a below average game for him, he's still going to be in starting range for you. So, yeah, absolutely trusting DJ Moore if you've got him. That's exactly my thought, too. It's just what he's done. He's not even 24 yet. He turns 24 in uh, January or February or something like that. It's absolutely ridiculous. And now he gets Will Greer. And one of the things Will Greer expe- uh, specializes in is the deep ball. And he's going to have to rely on the checkdowns like we discussed earlier. So I, DJ Moore can make plays that way. Yards after the catch, I am still way in on DJ Moore. Jason, how about you? Yeah, I, I'm not trusting it just because I it's – quarterback that's young i can maybe see it if samuel is out but other than that i'm not willing to trust it just i i think he struggles and i can see greer hope finding somebody else to throw to and i'm just assuming it's going to be olsen and cmc because why not that's the best players on your team give it to him so Jason is clearly ageist because he thinks that Greg Olson is better than <laughs> DJ Moore. Uh, Reverse ageist. I see. All right. Apparently he just hates Retro-gist. DJ Moore. Yeah, I, 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 wow. Greg Olson over DJ Moore. I, I'm not sure I agree on that. Uh, f- anyways, for our next question, we have Mike Boone versus DeAndre Washington. Who do you have and why Steve? Do I have to pick one? I have to pick oh. one. I've been answering this question for the past, like, three days. Yes, you have to pick one. <laughs> We're starting Josh Ugh. Jacobs. Josh Jacobs is injured. You have both Mike Boone and DeAndre Washington on your bench. Which are you plugging in? Gross. Um, well, I said I'd have Mike Boone at about 28, and that would be the highest. So, Mike Boone? Don't say it so, like, you're so grossed out by it. it sounds like you're I am. Your I'm nose. disgusted by it. Like, I, we talked about this, too, on Wednesday. Like, I'm super out on DeAndre Washington. Like, I'm, it's, I don't like the matchup. I don't like his overall production outside of the one game this season. It's just, I'm not, no. I can't trust it. It's a championship week. I can't trust it. We already know what I think. I'm clearly going with Mike Boone to the absolute moon, starting him over DeAndre Washington. Uh, Jason, some other players that uh, I'm sure you've been asked about quite a bit uh, this week. Would you play Mike Boone over Nick Chubb? Yes, I really hate Nick Chubb's matchup this week, and I'm worried about the touches, and I think it's going to be more of a Kareem Hunt passing short yardage game. I'm assuming that you do not have Nick Chubb lower than 28. You are correct. All right. Would you start Mike Boone or Kenyon Drake, Steve? Kenyon Drake. Jason? Yeah, I still am going to lean Boone there just because it's uh, I, I like his matchup better. Mike Boone to the moon. Mike Boone or Miles Sanders? Steve, who you got? Miles Sanders. See, this one I yeah, do agree that- with you. Yeah, I me too. I, I like Sanders a lot this week too. Yeah. Miles Sanders, uh, he's been a guy that I have been championing all season, been waiting for that breakout, and it's finally happened. He learned how to drink some Gatorade and managed to stay on the field the entire game. It's an exciting time. I 
going with Miles Sanders as well over Mike Boone. Uh, Mike Boone or James Conner? Jason, who do you have and why? See, this is the one I've been struggling the most with, but I think I'm going to go with Connor just because I think that they are going to lean on the run game, as I mentioned earlier. I think that that's what they're going to focus on because they want to reduce any kind of issues and allow their defense to win the game. And Steve, do you have either current uh, Steelers running back James Connor or former Steelers running back Le'Veon Bell? Are either of them below 28 for you? I'm assuming not. Uh, so I have Connor at 26, Ooh. so it's closer, Spicy. but I would still lean Connor. Uh, and then I've got Le'Veon Bell at 19, so wow. I'm going with Bell as well. J- like, I'm so confused as to your rankings, Jason, because the way you're saying this, like you took Connor, but you have Boone ahead of Nick Chubb and Kenyon Drake. I've got... Nick Chubb at 12 and Drake at 17. So you've got Boone way high, but somehow you're even higher on James Conner. Why so much love for James Conner? Workload. I, I really, the matchup is great. I mean, I feel like he's, like I said, they're going to run the ball. It's not a tough defense that they're going against. And with that kind of workload, I can easily see him having 120 yards and probably two touchdowns. Yeah. Is that is that a fair statement or no? I don't know where you have him ranked for yardage and how you kind of figured that out, but that's why. I well, have like him so the ma- matchup I have uh, for the Jets is 16th, so it's like middle of the pack. It's not bad. Um, the matchup last week when he struggled against Buffalo was 27th, so I mean that played into it for sure. But just he's been so beat up lately, and it just seems like he can't stay healthy. This is another situation where I'm not ranking so much as what would he do if he played the whole game, uh, where I'm ranking this basically on how much do I trust playing this player right now. And that's why I'm I'm so low on Connor. Like if I was just doing it based on projected points, Connor would probably be a top 15 guy. But I just there's other guys right now projected behind him for less points that I feel more comfortable are actually going to finish the game and finish where I have them projected. Well said by Steve. Uh, with that, would you play Mike Boone over Raheem Mostert? Raheem Moster, as I would like to call him. Oh, oh the baguette. Yeah, the baguette. Uh, I, I'm definitely going with Boone here. Uh, Moster for me. Man. Uh, and your two favorite players, Mike Boone or Aaron Jones, Steve? Uh, Aaron Jones. Good job. Oh. You got me to pick Aaron Jones in an either or <laughs> scenario. <laughs> Never thought I would see the day. The Cleedai are going to be swarming in the comments. I can't wait to see it. Woo, we did it! Flipped ya. <laughs> they, they changed your mind. Uh, and Jason, Philip Lindsay or Mike Boone? Yeah, this is where I actually get into some issue, but man, I'm, I'm still going to go with Boone on this one. What are your rankings? <laughs> My God! I have him really high. I'm telling How, you, I like Obviously, him. I've got... Philip Lindsay at 37. He has been hot garbage for the past month and a half. Like, it has been terrible to watch. I have to wash my eyes with bleach after watching Philip Lindsay play football at this point. It has been brutal. There's no way I can trust that. Like, Mike Boone, I will take over Philip Lindsay at this point. We finally finally did it. There you go. You did it, guys. You found one. There it is. 
So I'm sure this comes as no surprise, but I am starting Mike Boone over every single player we mentioned, except for Miles Sanders. Those are my two guys that I'm in on this week. But yeah, Mike Boone to the moon. Uh, moving on to our next question. Brashad Perriman, AJ Brown, Devontae Parker. Steve, who do you have and why? Uh, hold on a sec. I'm pretty sure it's AJ Brown. Yes, AJ Brown at seven. The Ow. volume has been out of control. The yardage That's is there. The you, matchup. It? Look, it it's a flip for me because I was horribly wrong last week. All right. I expected him to be triple covered by the Texans defense, and he was, and it didn't matter. And he just stiff armed his way through everything. And now he gets the Saints secondary, which is somehow even worse. So, yes, A.J. Brown I have at seven. I I went from being far and away the lowest guy on A.J. Brown to the highest. I mean, I've always been an an A.J. Brown fan since he started this uh, little breakout that he's been on. And I'm not that quite that high. I am rolling with Devontae Parker this week. I do think that he's going to have a big day. And I am in on both of them. Don't get me wrong. This is like making me pick between two guys that I really like. But Devontae Parker against the Bengals has me really excited. Uh, The Bengals outside corners this season, they uh, have allowed 996 yards on 65 receptions, four touchdowns, and a 101.92 passer rating. Uh, I don't really care about anyone else on the Dolphins, but Devontae Parker's going to get fed, and he can work with that. Jason, uh, let me guess. You're going to disagree with both of us. (laughs) Hey, it's going to be close because just because of the fact that I'm worried about weather now. So if there is the rain and wind that they're calling for, I will be off of Perriman. But as of right now, if it's just some sprinkles and a light wind, I'm not worried about it. Perriman should get fed. He should be fine. Winston's going to throw the ball. He'll probably get 10 to 15 targets and he'll be destroying everybody. So it won't matter. Just in PPR formats, he's going to have more targets than everybody else. This is another situation we fall into a lot when we get these fantasy life app questions where I feel like if this is your decision at flex and you're genuinely deciding between these players, you're asking me the wrong question. You're already starting the wrong people because I've got A.J. Brown at 7 and Devontae Parker at 10. So if you're telling me that this is your flex decision and you've already got three wide receivers starting ahead of these guys... You have to be so freaking loaded at wide receiver that this decision really shouldn't matter. Here, I'll give you a good one because it just came across, all right? Darius Slayton, DJ Moore, DK Metcalf, Kenny Galladay, or AJ Brown. You get to pick three of them. Again with the three like, of them. How do you how do you have that? Like, I don't understand how you could possibly pull that off. Well, I mean, a lot of those guys were people that you took in the mid to late rounds that I mean, you were getting for basically free at the beginning of the season, and you just bought in and nobody else did. Sounds like some uh, sound decision-making there that brought you to that point. Yeah, it's uh, just good drafting. That's what that is. Yeah, so it uh, doesn't sound like we really agree on that answer. A.J. Brown, Devontae Parker, both great options this week. So uh, pick your poison. And sounds like you're starting Michael Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins and Julio Jones, your three wide receivers, if that's your flex. So. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I don't know why you need our help, Mr. Richie Rich. Hashtag first world problems. Uh, tight end is not a first world problem. Tight end is an everyone problem this season. Hashtag uh, blessed. Tyler Higby, <laughs> Darren Waller, Hunter Henry, OJ Howard. Jason, who do you have and why? Man, it's 
like I said, a wasteland, but I'm leaning Howard just because there's Winston's going to throw and he's one of the targets. I wish I could trust the other guys, but with Renfro potentially coming back, I'm worried about Waller. With Everett coming back, Higby gets a drop down. And then I, I like Henry, but he hasn't been targeted and I don't understand why. So it's a tough decision yeah. there. Uh, I probably go with Darren Waller. I think he's going to get fed targets as he really has been all season. I know that Hunter Renfro's return does bring him down a little bit, but Darren Waller's still the wide receiver one in that offense, as weird as that is. So I kind of have to roll with him. Steve, do you agree with that or are you starting uh, someone else? Uh, so of those four, OJ Howard is the guy I'm just completely eliminating. I, I want no part of that. The Again, when we're talking tight ends, it's about either who's going to get the most volume or who's going to get the uh, the tight end, the touchdown opportunity. And on Tampa Bay, OJ Howard could get the volume, but uh, Cameron Brait is the guy who gets the red zone opportunities. So they kind of split it, which is why I have them both so low in the same general area. Right now, I still have Higby as the top guy. Uh, Gerald Everett coming back will eat into that some. It may be enough so that I shift him just behind Waller, but they're going to be right there, right next to each other. And then I've got Henry at 12. So it's probably between either Higby or Waller for me. Uh, So given that, I guess uh, I will lean with Jack and go Darren Waller. Go team Darren Waller. Team Raiders tight end. Uh, Moving on. Uh, can you trust the Chicago wide receivers? I think we've covered that pretty in depth uh, to this point so yeah, far. Think, yeah, we went over that before already. Yep. Yeah, I would just like to remind everyone that Allen Robinson is one of the most talented wide receivers in the NFL, and that's all you need to know. Also, Anthony Miller is pretty good. Yeah, and I was just reading through your guys' rankings, and these are some of the ones that I thought were interesting just based on, I mean, what I saw. For example... One of you is a lot higher on Russell Wilson, while the other is not. And I'm kind of curious about what your thought process is for where you have him ranked. Uh, So for me, I have Russell Wilson down at 11 right now. Uh, He is facing the Cardinals, and I know that he can shred them. But I think Carson or Chris Carson is going to absolutely eat. The last time he played uh, the Cardinals, he tore them apart. He had over 20 carries. Uh, just completely destroyed them. I think it's going to trend more towards that. I think the, the Seahawks are going to get up early and Wilson's not going to have to do as much. So I'm not as in on Russell Wilson as I usually am, even though I do think he's MVP candidate. Uh, yes. you, over, the last, over the last four weeks, uh, Arizona is the number nine matchup for running back. So a top 10 matchup, really good. They're the number two matchup for wide receivers, the number three for quarterback. So... Start your skill positions against the Arizona Cardinals is the big takeaway there. Uh, but that that's pretty much all it is at this point. I mean, Russell Wilson is, I believe, fifth or sixth in points per game for the season. And when you factor in the matchup, it just bumps him ahead of the other guys I have him around. Yeah, and then another one I was kind of surprised at was uh, Marlon Mack. What are your thoughts on why he's ranked the way he is, Steve? Uh, let's see. I've got him at 20. Uh, Jack, you've got him at 27, and we are collectively the two lowest guys on Marlon uh, Mack. So I have bumped him up, actually. Uh, now that I know that he's been healthy, I was kind of a bit worried about him. Now I've got him mm-hmm. closer to you in the 20 range. Okay. Uh, 
But yeah, I'm still not crazy high on him just because he has been kind of seeing the bench a bit more lately. They've been uh, putting in Naheem Hines. Granted, that's a lot of the reason is that uh, the game script that they've been having, they've been playing from behind lately. But Marlon Mack's not healthy. He So he could some lose some workload there. But he is also playing the uh, Carolina Panthers, who are an absolute sieve to running backs. So yep. I don't really know what to do there. I've kind of that's kind of where I got him, where I have him. Yeah, I agree with that. It's a great matchup. Um, so on paper, it, it seems like you should absolutely be firing up uh, Marlon Mack. But the the truth of the matter is that that offense has sputtered over the last month, and they they have completely fallen off the face of the earth. That offensive line is completely decimated by injury right now they, they have not been able to stop anybody and you know Jacoby Brissett just looks beat up it, it feels like his body maybe isn't just isn't used to playing the entire season like he wasn't physically prepared to have to go through an entire year as the starting quarterback because he just looks he looks defeated at this point when he's out there so yeah I think in general the team is uh is not moving the way that they they should be Next season, all about the Marlon Mack. But with the hand injury, with the the less playing time, um, yeah, there's just there's 19 guys out there that I trust more at running back than him right now. Yeah, and then from there, I mean, I, I'm kind of, again, curious because I, I clearly am really high on him. But James Conner, you guys have him 10 spots apart. Uh, Steve, I think you have him at 26. And Jack, I think you have him at 16. So... What's no faith in James Conner, or is it against the Jets that you're worried? Uh, would really like your opinion. Let's go to Steve. Uh, Jack, you can go ahead and take that because I already talked about James Conner and my my feelings on that. Just that he'd be a top fifteen guy if he was like fully healthy and I could count on him. But um, yeah, I, I just can't trust that he's actually going to play the full game and be fully reliable. Yeah. So the thing is, uh, James Conner, he's banged up right now, uh, the same way that Marlon Mack is. Uh, Marlon Mack gets to face the Carolina Panthers, which is a really exciting matchup. The Jets are a little bit less of an exciting matchup. Not as crazy about that, but I still do like it. So if James Conner can stay healthy and they can commit to him, because we did see early in the game, he did have a lot of success. And then for some reason, they went away from him because for some reason, the Steelers decided that the winning formula against the Buffalo Bills was to have Duck Hodges throw over 30 times. I really don't understand that. So yeah, I'm kind of hedging. He's in the, the Marlon Mack area for me. Really don't know what to do with him, but he's all right. Yeah, and then finally, the biggest discrepancy I could find actually was, Steve, you have Amari Cooper at 20, and Jack, you have him at 5. It can, I guess, Steve, can you give me your reasoning on why he has him at 20? Yeah, again, this goes back to the deck thing we kind of talked about earlier, that um, if I'm a Michael Gallup or an Amari Cooper owner, I'm nervous because the the passing for Dak, the shoulder injury, the the hand fracture on the fingertip, it's just it's all adding up to they're probably going to run the ball more. He's going to be checking down to Zeke and Jason Witten more, less to the wide receivers on the outside. And over the last four weeks, Philadelphia has been the number thirty matchup against wide receivers. Like that secondary's been bad all season long, and you've been able to exploit them for the most part, but they have actually shut down wide receivers as of late for pretty much no reason. So, I mean, I, I'm I'm nervous about it. it. It's a start your stud scenario. Again, I've got him at 20, so you're still playing him. But uh, like I said, I'm just I'm really nervous about it. 
I see, I'm not that nervous about him because the last time they faced off, Cooper went five of five for 106 on uh, the against the Eagles secondary, so he can get uh, you a pretty decent day. He didn't score, unfortunately. That would have really made the day, but you can get a pretty decent day on pretty good efficiency. And over the past couple of weeks, Terry McLaurin five receptions, 130 yards, one score. Darius Slayton five receptions, 154 yards, two scores. Devontae Parker seven receptions, 159 yards, two TDs. I think Amari Cooper is better than all of those guys. I know he does have the downgrade, but I am think it's wheels up on Amari Cooper. I think he's going to roast them. With that, that's our last question. So it sounds like we're going to carry ourselves into this fantasy finals weekend. Uh, Steve, any thoughts for the the ladies and gentlemen that are listening as they prepare to, for their championship weekend? So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out my Joe Mixon stats just because uh, you know this week when he ultimately burns me. I can still utilize these stats and and look at it and look back and remember the good times with Joe Mixon. So the first seven weeks of the season, Joe Mixon, 8.9 points per game. He was fantasy running back 43, and that was when I was pounding the table. You got to trade for Joe Mixon. He's going to win you your league. Second half of the season, it's all him. Since then, since week eight, 17.6 points per game. He's RB7. During the fantasy playoffs, 23.1 points per game, RB5. Yeah, those are uh, some pretty nice stats. And the thing about Joe Mixon is if you're in a keeper league or a dynasty league, I absolutely want to own Joe Mixon because he's going to be partnered with Joe Burrow next year. That's an exciting prospect. And Steve, you must be just salivating at that. We keep wishing that on him as a podcast, and I feel so bad for Joe Burrow. Just, Just throwing it out there at him. Just sorry, Joe. He'll be fine. He's got Tyler Boyd. He's got uh, John Ross. He's got Auden Tate. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, I see what you mean there. Uh, anyways, uh, Jason. Whoa, do you have any- just slight Tyler Eifert like that? Okay. Are we positive that he's going to be playing next season? I mean, come on. Are we positive he's going to be playing next week? I mean, no. <laughs> it's Tyler Eifert. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, yeah, that, that's the Bengals. That is uh, the Bengals encapsulated. Jason, do you have any non-Bengals-related thoughts to uh, take us away into the fantasy championships? No, nah, man. I'm just thinking we should hit the road, Jack. All right. Well, he's been that- saving that for so long. You know, he's had that just <laughs> in his back pocket. He's like, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell him hit the road, Jack. One of these weeks, I'm gonna get this. I, got I didn't it. want uh-huh. to encourage him, so I was just gonna roll right past it and <laughs> pretend it didn't happen. Uh, I don't. I, I don't like I giving Jason the satisfaction You're of winning. You're just a hater. It's fine. Ah <laughs> oh, man. And with that, that'll do it from us here at Important Nonsense. Uh, remember, you can find Steve at Nonsense underscore Steve. You can find Jason at that FF Nerd, and you can find me at Javanaugh eighty seven at on Twitter and the FF Life app. Uh, with that, enjoy your fantasy finals, and remember to keep up the nonsense. Music for the Important Nonsense podcast is provided by Benjamin Banger, Tritachion, and Admiral Bob. Thank you for listening, and be sure to keep up with all the latest content on importantnonsense.com.